Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Off the top in this hour, though, an interesting new study out of the University of Calgary on drones. Now, obviously, we're seeing more and more of these. And probably in the years ahead, we're going to see that number continue to explode. Right? We hear companies like Amazon want to ex- experiment uh, using drones for delivery. And maybe this is going to become commonplace. So as we head down that path where we're seeing more and more drones being used, do we have enough in terms of regulation to ensure that we're not putting people in danger? So this study out of the University of Calgary finds that the number of drones or uninhabited aerial vehicles, as they're known, now outnumber piloted aircraft in our skies. This in turn has led to a growing number of incidents and safety concerns. All right, joining us uh, to talk more about this research, uh, Chris Hugenholtz joins us, Associate Professor of the Department of Geography at the University of Calgary. Chris, thanks so much for joining us here. Thanks for having me on. All right, so this looks at, at numbers, this is basically a 10-year span you're looking at then, is that right? That's right. Yeah, from uh, 2005 to uh, to just about to the end of 2015. All right. so we'll, 16, sorry. Yeah, okay. Well, we look at that, that, that time span... Uh, how much have the numbers increased in terms of these these drones in the skies? Well, we have we have anecdotal evidence. Well, we actually have evidence of the United States to show that there are more uh, registered drone operators than there are manned aircraft. And uh, looking at the numbers of retail sales and so on in uh, in parts of the world, including Canada, we can make an estimation that there are now more drones than there are uh, manned aircraft, uh, probably by quite a lot. And that number's really gone up in recent years, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. Some of the large uh, drone manufacturers uh, targeting consumers are uh, are seeing their sales uh, skyrocket over the last uh, four years. Now, as you note in your study, that we've we've had hobbyists for years, for decades, really, who've been using uh, model aircraft uh, in, in Canada and in other countries. But I mean, why is this different and, and more concerning? Well, I think looking down at your smartphone would give you a lot of that uh, information. Um, we used, this used to be a lot more involved and, and skilled uh, challenge with, with um, model aircraft and RC aircraft, as a lot of people uh, have used. And uh, with your smartphone, uh, that technology has really um, kind of transmitted that technology to the masses and uh, taken relative novices who have no experience flying aircraft and allowed them with uh, the opportunity to, to put these aircraft up in the air and, and do recreational or even uh, professional activities uh, with the drones. Now, the, the manner in which people are using these drones, uh, I mean, are, are there guidelines in place about where you can use them, how high they can fly, etc.? Yeah, there are very uh, rigid guidelines from uh, Transfer Canada in place. Uh, and discriminating between uh, two groups, recreational users and uh, professional or commercial users. I, I myself and our, my group at the University of Calgary, we fall into professional users because for research we, we need to have certification. And so there's a nascent drone industry in Canada 
uh, a lot of people might not be aware of, in which drones are being used for a lot of different commercial uh, purposes. And uh, then there's this other side where it's a largely recreation-driven uh, uh, user group, and um, there are kind of different different rules for, for different groups. For myself, on the professional commercial side, we have to be certified. Um, whereas if you're using it recreationally uh, and you know some of the bylaws about park spaces and so on in, in the area you live, uh, assuming you're in an urban environment, um, you can operate a drone up to 35 kilograms uh, without requiring certification. So <laughs> we can get some fairly large drones in the air under the recreational kind of side of, of, uh, of the groups. Wow. Well, yeah, and I mean, you don't need to be an aviation expert to realize that something of that size, if there's a collision with a plane, there's a potential for disaster. Yes, yeah, absolutely. So does Transport Canada keep track of these so-called close calls? Yeah, so what's great, uh, you know, we've had a lot of media reports, uh, and so we've been looking at those and, and wondering, is, is there a trend here? Are things increasing? We're seeing a lot more in the media. We're seeing CFA teams, uh, you know, dispatched around Ottawa, and we're seeing drones, you know, picked up around Parliament Hill. Um, and so we wanted some data, some numbers that we could um, distill. And so they have a, a, a reporting system. It's not very commonly used by the public. It's mostly used by aviation experts. And so we dug into those data to really try to understand what's been happening over the past uh, 10, 11 years. And what does that show us? Uh, it, it shows, it, it's interesting. Around 2013, there was a, a kind of a big boost in the commercial drone world in terms of, kind of consumer drones um, that you would see, you know, easily uh, you could order them online or you could go down to Best Buy or Staples um, and, and pick up these drones. We're not talking about kind of the toy store version that are still very radio controlled. We're talking about ones that really integrate and interface with your smartphone. And uh, 2013 is when we see in the, in the numbers, the number of reports of incidents, uh, they just start to take off at, uh, after 2013 and have not let up since. Um, and that kind of marks a time in which the uh, proliferation of, of consumer drones really came on the market. What are people using these drones for? Well, I have a, I have a great, wonderful research team of, of graduate students and associates who, who use them for uh, mapping applications. We also have drones that we develop for uh, sniffing out uh, methane leaks to help uh, combat climate change and, and, and air emissions. Uh, you take it from there, you can, we've done work on the flood, the 2013 flood, wildlife. It, just, it, it really is um, an open area for uh, research, but also for uh, commercial applications. So it's growing, and as you mentioned, Amazon, other companies are looking uh, to the future as for opportunities to maybe uh, replace certain uh, services with a uh, kind of drone service to uh, deliver packages or, or what have you. Yeah, it might even be pizzas too, right? I mean, the, the skies are going to get pretty crowded in a few years, it seems. It, it, that's possible. That will, that is in and of itself, in terms of uh, uh, more urban type use, um, right now we have to stay very far away from, uh, from the airport, uh, from any airport. Uh, but uh, if we're going to open the skies in the urban area, then, yeah, we're going to have to really catch up with technology and regulations to make sure that's done safely. Okay, well, as you say, I mean, we, we do have regulations. We have rules in place. So has it become more of a case of enforcing those rules, or, or what more do we need to do going forward? Yeah, we've come up with a couple of great, um, in, in, in kind of our research and in the study, we came up with some solutions. Obviously, education is, is, is critical. 
but education on its own is is not enough. And uh, we, we've seen Transport Canada, and, and we expect in the near future some additional uh, education pieces from them. But we also have another side, which is the technology, uh, which can also um, add an, a layer of safety. So there's, there's technology right now that will prevent your drone from taking off if it recognizes from its GPS that it's in, a, in an area uh, of restricted airspace. Uh, perhaps near Parliament Hill or near uh, an airport. Um, we also have that same technology would prevent or not allow your drone to fly into that airspace. Um, and then there's technologies on the ground to protect airports, uh, such as small radar systems that can be deployed in order to detect drones. So as, as kind of a, a monitoring surveillance uh, mechanism. So in the future, I think we've, education still has to evolve, but uh, these technologies, we have to kind of roll all this up into a very multifaceted approach to, to tackle drone safety moving forward. Right, and I mean, this isn't to condemn the technology. In fact, there, there's you know, potentially a, a huge upside to having this technology. Oh, ab- absolutely. Uh, we, have, we have, Canada has a fantastic, a very nascent um, uh, drone um, industry developing for, for both the service side but also for the uh, you know services for mapping, uh, for for enumerating wildlife and other things, we also have it uh, a technology sector that is uh, driving uh, this artificial intelligence and and new platforms, drone platforms that are robust in our weather, in our climate in Canada. So um, yeah, this is an industry that we want to see grow, but we we recognize there's a, there's a balance here, and and I think it's not the professional side. Our data don't suggest. It's on the professional side that that further restriction regulation is needed. It's really on the communication with the broader public recreational side um, that that is needed to really kind of try to make a dent in the numbers to kind of stop them from rising. Yeah, very interesting. Well, Chris, uh, thanks so much for making some time for us here today. Really appreciate this. Thank you. All right, that's uh, Chris Hugenholtz, Associate Professor, Department of Geography at the University of Calgary, co-author of this study, which is published, by the way, in the Journal of Unmanned Vehicle Systems. You want to find it there, uh, but pointing out that there were total 355 drone incidents reported in Canadian airspace between November of 2005 and December of 2016. Of these incidents, uh, 66.5% were drone sightings, 22.3% involved close encounters between drones and piloted aircrafts. And those numbers really began to rise dramatically after 2013, they say, which would make sense, right? This, that, this technology has really exploded in recent years. Uh, so that's a concern, clearly. As they say, the potential problem with the rapid rise of drones is the technology is now accessible to people who may not be aware of or choose to ignore Canadian airspace regulations. These individuals could damage Canada's nascent drone industry. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.